Amen. All right, all right, well, we're there in Job chapter number 20, and of course, on uh, Wednesday nights, we are making our way through the book of Job, and we're going chapter by chapter, week by week, taking one chapter every week, and learning uh, through this uh, book, and of course, if you've been with us, you know that the majority of the book of Job is a conversation between Job and his friends. We've been talking about this, and in the first two chapters, you've got a narrative, you've got the story of Job, and at the end, there's a little bit of a narrative, but the majority of the book is this conversation between Job and Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Naamathite. Later on in the book, uh, we'll have a fourth character that shows up, but we're right in the midst of these uh, talks, these uh, speeches that these men are giving and responding back to each other and Job speaks and they speak and so forth. And tonight we find ourselves in Job chapter 20 and Zophar the Neamathite is speaking. And before we really jump into the chapter, I just want to give you just a couple of interesting kind of miscellaneous things about this chapter. This chapter is actually very similar. In this chapter, we're going to find that Zophar the Neamathite does something that's very sim- similar to what uh, his friend uh, uh, Bildad did in uh, chapter 18. If you, if you go down to the last verse of the chapter, we're going to walk through the entire chapter here in a minute, but I'd like you to notice Job 20 and verse 29. Verse 29 kind of gives you the context of this chapter because he's, he's speaking and he's got a theme to his speech here in this chapter. If you look at Job 20 and verse 29, the Bible says this, so this is what Bildad said, this is the portion of the wicked man from God and the heritage appointed unto him by God. And what Bildad is doing in this chapter is he's going through and he is describing what a wicked man is like. And he ends his little talk here by saying this, you know, what I've described here is the portion of a wicked man from God and the heritage appointed unto him by God. And I want you to notice the similarity between Job chapter 20 and the last verse, verse 29, and Job chapter 18 and the last verse, verse 21. If you would flip back to Job 18 real quickly. In Job 18, we have Bildad speaking, and he ends his talk in chapter 18 with saying something very similar. He says this, Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him that knoweth not God. So uh, Bildad says, Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, when he just got done going through this whole chapter describing what wicked people are like, and this is the place of him that knoweth not God. And then Zophar in chapter 20 says, This is the portion of the wicked man from God, and the heritage appointed unto him by God. And they both do something similar where they go through and give descriptions of what a wicked man is like. Now, their descriptions are, are different, but they do the same thing. And in the same way that uh, we saw in chapter 18 with Bildad, it's the same thing that we see in chapter 20 with uh, Zophar, and it is this. What they are describing, because if you remember, at the end of the book, God steps in and he says, the three friends were wrong and Job was right. And when we look at what Job says, we understand that what he's saying is correct. God uh, 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 verified for us that all of that was correct. But God told us that what the three friends are saying are not necessarily correct. So even though we've got chapters, you know, complete chapters of them speaking, we can't just assume everything they're saying is correct because God tells us that what they said is wrong. Now, there are times, and I've pointed out for you as we've walked through the book of Job, where what they're saying is just a flat-out lie. 
It just completely goes against the truth. But what we've noticed is most of the time, and we'll see it in this chapter, what they're saying is true. What they're saying is correct. It's just not true about Job. And what we're going to see here is that Zophar gives us this description of a wicked man. And we're, going to, uh, and we're going to compare Scripture with Scripture, and we're going to see that everything that Zophar says is pretty accurate about a wicked person in general. Everything he says is true about a wicked man. It's just not true about Job. Because Job, the Bible tells us, was a perfect and an upright man. He was not a wicked man. And that's what we'll see here tonight. Notice there in Job chapter 20, if you look at verse 1, the Bible says this, Then answered Zophar the Neamathite and said, and let me just say this, kind of a second uh, interesting miscellaneous thing about this chapter. If you remember, we've talked about the book of Job. When you get into the portion of the conversation, which is the majority of the book, that conversation is divided into what we've called three rounds. In round one, of course, we had Job begin the, the seven days. They spent seven days not speaking, and then Job opens his mouth and begins the conversation. And then we had every one of the friends speak, and Job was responding to them uh, uh, after they spoke. And that's why we have the interaction in the chapters. You have one guy speak, then Job responds. Another guy speak, Job responds. Another guy. That's round one. Then we go through that again a second time, and that's what we're in the midst of. We had Eliphaz speak, and then Job responded. We had Bildad speak, and then Job responded. And tonight we have Zophar speak. This really ends round two. The interesting thing is that this is the last time that Zophar speaks in the book. He actually does not participate in the conversation in round three. So this is the last time we're going to hear from Zophar. And I'm thankful because I'm kind of tired of these guys, you know. Uh, every, it's it's kind of frustrating uh, reading, you know, what they're saying and, 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 and the attacks that they have upon uh, Job. But in this chapter, we have Zophar speaking for the last time, and he's going to give us a speech uh, on the subject of the wicked man. And again, everything he says is true. It's just not true about Job. Everything he says is right, but he's wrong in his application of Job. So notice verse 2, the Bible says this, Therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer, and for this I make haste. I have heard the checks of my reproach and the spirit of my understanding. Notice these words, causeth me to answer. In verse 2 he said, Therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer. And in verse 3 he says, My understanding causeth me to answer. And I haven't yet got into the outline, but let me just say this by way of introduction. Don't ever fall for this idea you know, this is what we often do in arguments, whether it's, you know, with your uh, boss or with a coworker or with a spouse or with a neighbor or whatever it might be. We, we, we get this idea like, well, I, I can't hold back. I, I have to say this. You know, this is pretty much what Zophar is saying. He says, therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer. Like he's saying like, I don't really want to answer, but, you know, let me just go ahead and get this off my chest. Look, you can always choose to not say anything. In fact, most of the time, the right choice is to not say anything. If you ever have a question like, ah, should I be saying that? Uh, you probably shouldn't. You know, and of course, we talked about that last week, that we should always check what we say uh, by these three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And really, so far, you know, I'll hand it to him. After this chapter, he decided, you know what, I, I really don't need to be part of this conversation. And he chose not to speak in round three. I'll give him that. But you know, he shouldn't have, have spoke this time. 
and he shouldn't have spoke last time. And sometimes we get this idea like, I have to say this. You don't have to say anything. The Bible says that we should be slow to speak, that we should be swift to hear, and slow to wrath. So be careful whenever you think to yourself, well, I don't really want to say this, but, you know, I just have to. No, you really don't. (laughs) You'll never regret what you didn't say. You'll never have to apologize for what you didn't say. You'll never have to, you know, uh, uh, admit that you were wrong for what you didn't say. And Zophar would not have this chapter in an eternal book if he would have just realized that he didn't, he really didn't need to say. But he said it, so let's look at it. Everything he says is true, just not true about Job. He gives us this dissertation on wicked people. I'm going to give you seven thoughts tonight. I'd like you to write these down on the back of the course of the week. There's a place for you to take down some notes, and you can write these things down. The first thing he tells us is that the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived. Notice what he says here in verse 4, Job chapter 20 and verse 4. Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth? This is so far speaking to Job. Look at verse 5. He says, he says here's what we know. Here's what we've known since of old, since man was placed upon the earth. Verse 5, that the triumphing of the wicked is short. The triumphing of the wicked, that word triumph means victory or achievement or accomplishment. And again, I want you to say, what Zophar says is true. It's just not true about Job. But in general, when we're speaking about wicked people, the Bible says, uh, uh, the Bible uh, would agree with Zophar that the triumphing of the wicked, notice, is short. And the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. Keep your place right here in Job chapter 20. This is our text for tonight. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, and then the book of Luke. The first thing Zophar says that's true, just not true about Job, is that the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived. And let me tell you something. This is true. The wicked, look, you can look around and see wicked, godless, God-hating people, and it just seems like they're succeeding in life. It just seems, you know, they're the ones that uh, uh, get all the fame, and they're the ones that get all the fortune. And no matter what arena you look in, whether it's uh, the media and entertainment, it seems like the wicked, godless people are the ones that triumph in the media. Whether it's sports, you know, it's the wicked skip church to play in the Super Bowl and skip church to watch the Super Bowl, people that are triumphing. If it's, uh, if it's politics, they're all wicked. They're all triumphing. You know, all, all, all the politicians are, that are triumphing and succeeding, that, that get elected, you know, they're wicked. But here's the thing. It's short. It's for a moment. The joy of the hypocrite is for more. Here's how Jesus said it, Luke 22, look at verse 52. Luke 22, verse 52, Jesus was getting ready to be arrested. Here's what he said, Luke 22, 52. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hand against me. 
He says, look, I was out in the open, in the public with you, and you, why, why are you doing this in the darkness, uh, like, like I'm some sort of a thief or something? But then he says this, he says, but this is your hour in the power of darkness. You know, Jesus was saying, right now, this is your hour. For this culture, this society, this is your hour. This is your moment. This is your time. And look, we just need to realize, for the wicked of this world, those who don't know God, those who live as if there is no God, you might see them prevail, you might see them succeed, you might see them gain fame and fortune and respect, but the truth is this, that the prevailing of the wicked is short. This is their hour, but that's all they get is this hour. Now this is their hour in the power of darkness. But the triumphing of the wicked is short. The joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment, is what Zophar would say. And I agree with Zophar. I just don't agree that it's in reference to Job. Go back to Job chapter 20 if you would. Let me give you the second thought tonight. I said, number one, the prevailing of the wicked is short. Then Zophar says this, verse 6, Job chapter 20, verse 6. Though his excellency, though his excellency, the word excellency, of course you see the word excellent there. Excellency is referring to when someone is considered as being excellent, it has to do with your reputation, it has to do with your honor, it has to do with your prestige. He says, though his excellency mount up to heaven and his head reach unto the cloud, he yet shall he perish forever like his own dung, they which have seen him shall say, where is he? And again, not only do we see that the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, but we see secondly tonight that the prestige of the wicked is short-lived. You know, these wicked people, they get this excellency, they get this honor, they get this prestige, but you know what? It's short-lived. Eventually, one day, they'll say, where is he? I mean, think about the people that are just the most famous People right now. And I wish I had a list. I should have asked some of you to help me with that, you know, some of you sinners. Because I don't, I don't even know who the famous people are today. I, you know, if I start naming names, it's going to be people that were famous like in the 90s or whatever. But you know, here's, here's the interesting thing. The people that were famous in the 90s, I can't use them as illustrations because all the young people right now would be like, who's that? You know, who, I don't even know who that is. Who is Jim Carrey? Is he still alive? I don't know. You know? And, if, and here's the thing. I could name all the famous people today, but 10 years from now, you know what people will say? Where is he? Who is he? Look up all the famous people from the 80s. Look up all the famous people from the 70s. Look up all the famous people from the 60s. You don't know who they are. See, the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, and the prestige of the wicked is short-lived. Go to Isaiah, if you would, keep your place there in Job. Isaiah chapter 14, you're the, if you're in Job, you've got Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. Some of you get mad because I preach against the Super Bowl. You don't like it that I call it the Stupid Bowl. But here's the truth, and you know this is true. You don't know who you you don't even you don't know who won five years ago. You don't know who won ten years ago, without googling it. You can't even remember who won last year. And people act like you know millions of dollars are spent on the Super Bowl and this and that. But you know what? It's pretty short lived. His Excellency can mount up to heaven. 
yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, where is he? The perfect example of this, the perfect example of this is none other than Satan himself. Isaiah chapter 14, are you there? Look at verse 12. Notice what the Bible says about Satan. Isaiah 14 and verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? And by the way, if you've got anything other than a King James Bible, then it doesn't say Lucifer in your version. Only the King James Bible uses the word, the, 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 the name Lucifer. You ought, you ought to consider, why would, why would a Bible version want to remove the name of... What, what benefit is there to a Bible version to remove the name of Lucifer? Doesn't that only benefit Lucifer? You ought to, you ought to think about that. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which this weakens the nations? Look at verse 16, Isaiah 14. Skip down to verse 16 for a second time. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee. He's talking about when Satan, when Lucifer goes down to hell. He says, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, this is the man... This is the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoner. He says, look, Satan, Lucifer, the god of this world, the prince of this world, the one that controls the course of this world, is going to get to hell and they're going to say, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That they shake the kingdoms? You know what they're saying to Adolf Hitler in hell right now? Is this the man? You know what they're saying to Joseph Stalin right now? Is this the guy? You know what they're saying? See, here's what you need to say. We, we, we look at the wicked people sometimes. We'll see it here in a little bit from Asaph, and we look at them with envy, but understand something. This is not true about Job. It's not true about Job, but it is true about wicked people in general. The prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, and the prestige of the wicked is short-lived. It doesn't matter how many electoral votes you got when you die and go to hell. It doesn't matter how famous you were, how much money you had, how, 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 how awesome everybody thought you were. When they say, where, where is he? Go back to Job chapter 20. Job chapter 20. See, the thing about Zophar, the Neamathite, is that he's pretty, pretty right about the wicked. He's just not right about Job. He's not correct in his application about Job, but everything he says checks out. We see that the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, and we see that the prestige of the wicked is short-lived. Like you notice thoroughly tonight, the prominence of the wicked is short-lived. Job chapter 20, look at verse 8. He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. What is that referring to? What is he talking about? He's using an illustration and he's saying, he's saying it's like when you wake up. I'm sure you've experienced this. You wake up and you're kind of in that, you're in those few, just two or three seconds where you're not quite awake, but you're not quite asleep. And you can remember that you just had a really super interesting dream. And, but, but, but then, you know, three seconds later, you're like, it's gone. I and mean, that's what he says. He says, he shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away 
as a vision of the night. He's saying, look, wicked people, wicked people, they can prevail, they can have prestige, but their prominence, the prominence of the wicked is short-lived. He says, it's like a dream. You kind of remember it for a little while, and then it's just gone. Look at verse 9. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more. Neither shall his place any more behold him. See, their prevailing is short-lived, and their prestige is short-lived, and their prominence is short-lived. Go to Proverbs, if you would. Proverbs chapter 10. You're there in Job. you got Psalms in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10. See, we talk about famous people on this earth, right? We talk about people like Alexander the Great. We talk about people like George Washington. I mean, we just talk about famous, well-known people on this earth, and we might remember them for 200 years or 300 years or 700 years. But you know that for all of eternity, we won't be talking about any of those historical figures, Attila the Hutt. We won't be talking about those people. You know, you say, who will we talk about? Moses? Abraham? Paul? Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 7, the memory of the just is blessed. Now look, look. Attila Hunt, Alexander the Great, at least those were historical figures. You know who we dead sure aren't going to be talking about in heaven? Kobe Bryant? Michael Jackson? The Bible says the memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. See, so far he's given us his little speech here on wicked people, and he's pretty dead on. He's wrong about Job, but he's right about wicked people in general. The prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, and the prestige of the wicked is short-lived, and the prominence of the wicked is short-lived. He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. He shall be chased away as a vision of the night. Go back to Job chapter 20, if you would. Like you notice, fourthly tonight. Look at verse 10. Job chapter 20, verse 10. His children shall seek to please the poor, and his hands shall restore their goods. His bones are full of sin of his youth, which shall lie down with him in the dust. Notice verse 12. The wickedness be sweet in his mouth, though he hide it under his tongue. Though he spare it and forsake it not, but keep it still within his mouth, yet his meat in his bowels is turned. It is the gall of ass within him. He, shall, he hath swallowed down riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. Zophar here gives us this illustration. And he says it's like when you eat something and it tastes good. Job chapter 20, verse 12. The wickedness be sweet in his mouth. It's like you eat something and it tastes good. But as, you know, as soon as you swallow it, it goes down into your stomach, you realize, wait a minute. You know, there might have been some E. coli in that McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> it tasted good when I was eating it, but, you know, anybody, get that? anybody else get that when they eat McDonald's? It's like, it tastes good for a minute, and then you just feel sick for the rest of the night. <laughs> he says, the wickedness be sweet in his mouth. Look at verse 14. Yet his meat in his bowels is turned. Look at verse 15. He hath swallowed down riches, 
and he shall vomit them up again. See, Zophar tells us the prevailing of the wicked is short, and the prestige of the wicked is short, and the prominence of the wicked is short, but then he says this, the pleasure of the wicked is short. You know what the Bible says this? That there is pleasure in sin for a season? See, we're not going to lie to you, young people. There is pleasure in sin. We're not going to tell you it doesn't. Sin is not pleasurable. Job 20, verse 12, though wickedness be sweet in his mouth. But please understand this. That pleasure is short-lived. There is pleasure in sin for a season. There is there is pleasure in, in, in wrongdoing, in, in, in lust, in walking after the flesh for a season, yet his meat is in his bowel, his meat in his bowels is turned. Here's what you need to understand. Look, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You can say, oh, you know, it, it's good and it tastes good. Yeah, for now. For now. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But then it rots. He has swallowed down his riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. Especially for those of you that are saved. Especially for those of you that are saved. I tell you this all the time. If you're a Christian, you don't get to play the game of life by the same rules everybody else does. The, the Bible says that God is a loving father. That God chastens his children. So oh, they, they get to you. All my coworkers, they're, they're lying on their timesheets and nothing ever happens. Well, you know what? If they're not saved, the Bible says they're bastards. Don't let that word offend you. That's a Bible word. They're without a father. But if you've got a father, he's going to chasten you. He's going to correct you. He's going to uh, 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 make sure he's going to give you a spiritual spanking. Now, even for the wicked, there's only pleasure in sin for a season. But you better believe, for if you're saved, there's only pleasure in sin for a season. And then it's done. You taste it, and it's sweet, and then it turns your stomach. And then you vomit it up again. Go back to Job chapter 20. Look at verse 16. He shall suck the poison of asps. The viper's tongue shall slay him. He shall not see the rivers, the flood, the brooks of honey and butter. That which he labored for shall he restore and shall not swallow it down. According to his substance shall the restitution be and he shall not rejoice therein. And he says this, notice verse 19. Because, because he hath oppressed and hath forsaken the poor, because he hath violently taken away an house which he builded not, Surely, he shall not feel quietness in his belly. And he shall not save of that which he desired. See, the wicked, they can manipulate, they can steal, they can lie, they can get ahead, they, they can oppress, they can forsake the poor, they can violently take away the house which he builded not. But the Bible says, surely he shall not feel quietness in his belly. See, not only is the prevailing of the wicked short-lived, and not only is the prestige of the wicked short-lived, not only is the prominence of the wicked short-lived, not only is the pleasure of the wicked short-lived, but I'll tell you this, the peace of the wicked is short-lived. They don't live with peace. Go back to Isaiah. I'm not sure if you kept your place there. I meant to tell you to keep your place there. Isaiah chapter 48. You have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. 
Isaiah 48, verse 22. This is a famous verse. You know it, but let's look at it together. Isaiah 48, verse 22. Isaiah 48, verse 22. Isaiah 48, 22, the Bible says this. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Proverbs 28, verse 1. You have to turn there. The Bible says this. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. But the righteous are bold as lions. See, look, look, especially young people, listen up to me. You can sit there and say, you know what, I'm just going to not have any character, just have no integrity, I'm just going to lie and cheat and steal and try to get ahead and manipulate, and I'm going to get that house, and I'm going to get that job, and I'm going to get that car, and I'm going to get... Here's the thing, you're not going to enjoy it, because there's only pleasure in sin for a season, but you're not even going to be able to sit there in peace. The Bible says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. You say, oh, I'm going to go be some, you know, start selling drugs and become some big uh, drug lord. Okay, so you're going to be looking over your shoulder all the time? The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Some of you, you know, people always think they're out to get them. That's a guilty conscience, my friend. People say, Pastor, you preach that uh, uh, against me. Uh, number one, that's a guilty conscience. Number two, that's the Holy Spirit. And number three, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the point. That, that's the reason we came to church. But you know what? There, there is no peace in wickedness. There's, that's, that's why, you know, we bring up these, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein's and these types of people. There's a reason why they're killing all their friends and allies and they're suspicious of everybody. Putting everybody in, you know, in, in, in these prison camps. You say, why? Because the wicked flee when no man pursueth. Because there's no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Because the peace of the wicked is short-lived, and their pleasure is so short-lived, and their prominence is short-lived, and their prestige is short-lived, and their prevent... See, everything, everything that you envy about wicked people, just realize this, it's short-lived. It doesn't last very long. They don't enjoy it for that long. It's not that great. Look, there's a reason why all these rock stars kill themselves. There's a reason why the Robin Williams and the Whitney Houstons and, again, famous people from the 90s, I'm assuming, (laughs) all kill themselves because there's only pleasure in sin for a season. There is no peace. The peace of the wicked is short-lived. Go back to Job chapter 20. Let me give you a sixth one tonight. Verse 21. There shall none of his meat be left. There shall no man look for his goods. In the fullness of his sufficiency, he shall be in straits, Every hand of the wicked shall come upon him. Look at verse 27. We'll come back to verses 23 to 26 here in a minute. Look at verse 27. The heavens shall reveal his iniquity, and the earth shall rise up against him. The increase of his house shall depart, and his goods shall flow away. Verse 21, none of his meat be left. Verse 22, the fullness of his sufficiency, he shall be in straits. 
Verse 28, the increase of his house shall depart and his goods shall flow away. Because not only is there prevailing, not only is there prestige, not only is there prominence, not only is there pleasure, not only is there peace short-lived, but you know what else? Their prosperity is short-lived too. The prosperity of the wicked is short-lived. Go to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6, first book in the New Testament. It should be fairly easy to find. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 19. Notice what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Look, think, think about the, the, the richest, unsaved, wicked people you know. We're talking about the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts, the Donald Trumps, the Joe Bidens, so I don't offend anybody. Matthew, or I guess I should say so that I offend everybody. Matthew 6 verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Oh, they've got a lot. A lot that's going to get destroyed. A lot that's going to burn up. A lot. You know, oh, they got, man, look at that nice boat that's going to rust up. You know you're going to die one day? You know everything you have will burn up one day? Look, I, I, I want God to bless you, and I want God to prosper you. I want you, I, I want you guys to drive nice cars and, and live in nice houses and, and, and wear nice clothes, and, and we pray that God blesses you, and we pray that, that you get promotions at work, and you get bonuses, and you get more clients, and you get more sales. We, none of that. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something very wrong with living your life chasing money that gets destroyed. You say, Pastor, you like living in that house of yours? I mean, it seems pretty ghetto. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's going to burn up one day. And we do our best with it. We try to keep it clean, and we try to fix things here and there or whatever. But, you know, I'm more interested in building up the house of God in heaven. Amen. I, I, I'm more interested in, in the investments we've got in heaven. Because on this earth, on this earth, the Bible says, lay not up, Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Because here's the truth, the prosperity of the wicked, the prosperity of the wicked, is short-lived. So, I don't know, I mean, you know, these guys, they seem pretty good. These Jeff Bezos and you know, these CEOs, they, they seem like they're, 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 they're pretty well off. Okay. You know, these, these Steve Jobs. Okay. Sure. For 70 years. And then you die and go to hell. I'd rather invest in eternity. I'd rather invest into that which actually matters, which will last. See, the prosperity of the wicked is short-lived. Go back to Job chapter 20. Job chapter 20. Let me give you the last one tonight. Job chapter 20. Then he says this. When he, and again, everything that Zophar says about the wicked people is true. It's just not true about Job. He's wrong in his application to Job, but everything he's saying is pretty right on. He's talking about the wicked people. Now, he's referring to Job. That's wrong. But wicked people in general, when he is about to fill his belly, he says, God shall cast fury on his wrath. 
uh, of his wrath upon him and shall rain it upon him while he is eating. He shall flee from the iron weapons and the bow of steel shall strike him through. It is drawn and cometh out of the body. Yea, the glistening sword cometh out of his gall. Terrors are upon him. All darkness shall be hid in his secret places. A fire not blown shall consume him. It shall go ill with him that is left in his tabernacle. It's interesting to me that, that, that Zophar brings up God. Because if you've noticed something we've talked about through the book of Job is that Job will often in his responses be talking to his friends and then just begin to speak to God. Job does that very often as he speaks. His friends never do that. His friends never speak to God. Job does. Sometimes in a wrong way. Sometimes he's bashing on his friends and he starts saying about God, you know, that he did this and he's done that and he's taken this. His friends never talked. Job's friends never talked to God. And they very rarely even acknowledge uh, uh, God necessarily, but here he talks about God. He says that when he is about to fill his belly, God shall cast the fury on his wrath. And it's interesting to me, go to jo uh, Psalm 73 if you would. Psalm 73, you're there in Job, just one book over the book of Psalms, Psalm 73. It's interesting to me because oftentimes, here's what we often think. And, and, and tonight's sermon in Job is kind of a preview of the next sermon we'll have in the book of Esther. Not this Sunday, because it's I Love My Church Sunday, but next Sunday, when we get back to the book of Esther, we kind of see this with Haman. And it is this idea that it almost seems, it almost seems to us, you know, those of us that are trying to live right, obviously none of us are perfect, but those of us that are trying to do right and love God and, 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 and follow the Lord, it almost seems like Everything the wicked people do is just blessed by God. That God's just helping them. But you know, the truth is this, that the providence of the wicked is short-lived as well. Their luck runs out. It may look like God's helping them, God's with them, God's, you know, just having them make all the right choices and be at all the right places at the right time. But when he is about to fill his belly, God shall cast fury of his wrath upon him. Psalm 73. We've looked at this psalm several times while we've studied the book of Job, but I think it's fitting and we should look at it again. We have Asaph, the psalmist. And he's going through a time in his life when he's getting backslidden and he's envious of the wicked. And he kind of describes for us this idea of providence helping the wicked. Notice what he says, Psalm 73, verse 1. A psalm of Asaph, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, right? That's what we always say when we're going to throw a pity party for ourselves. Oh, God's good to other people, but let me tell you about me. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. What's wrong, Asaph? Verse 3, for I was envious at the foolish. Why were you envious, Asaph, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked? Because, Asaph would say, it just kind of seems, it just kind of seems like, you know, bad things happen to us, bad things happen to us, you know, that are trying to love the Lord and, and, and walk with God and, and do right. 
And you know, what we would say that is that the Bible says, yea, all they that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And he says, it kind of seems like just bad things happen to us, but, but, but it almost seems like providence helps the wicked. That's what he says in verse 4. For there are no bands in their death. He said, I look at righteous people, and they're, that when they die, they're, 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 they're uh, uh, tied up, you know, they're taken captive, and they're, they're put to death. But I look at wicked people, and there are no bands in their death. They, they die of natural causes. They die in old age. But their strength is firm. Look at verse 5. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Look at verse 11. And they say, How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Are these wicked people, they get away a, a with sin for so long. They say, Does God even, does God even exist? If there's a God that doesn't even know what's happening, behold, verse 12, these are the ungodly who's prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. Now here's Asaph being wrong. Cleansing your heart is not in vain, but sometimes, sometimes it can feel that way. It can feel like the providence Maybe it's not our God, but some God seems to be helping these people. And I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. Verse 14. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. He says it just seems to be that providence is helping the wicked. And so far, so far, if you go back to Job chapter 20, was wrong about Job, but he was right about this in regards to the wicked in general. When he is about to fill his belly, God shall cast the fury of his wrath upon him and shall rain it upon him while he is eating. He shall flee from the iron weapon and the bow of steel shall strike him through. It is drawn and cometh out of the body, yea, the glittering sword cometh out of, his, out of his gall. Terrors are upon him. All darkness shall be hid in his secret places. A fire not blown shall consume him. Notice that phrase, a fire not blown shall consume him. What does that mean? That means a small fire. Bellows, or be bellows are a bag-like device which, uh, that, that you can use to blow air into a fire to keep the flame burning hot and to grow. When he says a fire not blown, he's talking about a fire that, that hasn't been helped with air. He said a fire not blown shall consume him. It shall go ill with him that is left in his tabernacle. See, you look, you and I look at wicked people and we say, man, it just seems like everything's just going right, going right, going right. Nothing ever goes wrong in their life. But you know that providence of the wicked, it's short-lived as well. It doesn't last very long. Someday is payday. Judgment day is coming. God will judge. Sometimes we, you know, we think that God uh, doesn't do it on our timing and that God takes too long, but you know, the truth is this. You and I should be thankful that God is long-suffering. But just because he takes longer than you think he will doesn't mean judgment isn't coming. 
Just because sometimes it takes a little longer to reap doesn't mean the reaping is not coming. Job chapter 20 and verse 29, Zophar ends by saying, This is the portion of the wicked man from God, and the heritage appointed unto him by God. And in this chapter, if you notice, go, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would, it's the last place we're going to look at tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. In this chapter, there is a theme that Zophar gives us. He goes through and gives us all these characteristics of the wicked people. But the theme, the theme is that it's all short-lived. He says the prevailing of the wicked is short-lived, the prestige of the wicked is short-lived, the prominence of the wicked is short-lived, the pleasure of the wicked is short-lived, the peace of the wicked is short-lived, the prosperity of the wicked is short-lived, the providence of the wicked is short-lived. It's short-lived. See, the, the theme of Zophar, and again, he's applying it wrongly to Job, but he's speaking truth about wicked people in general, is that everything... Everything you and I could look at and envy and say, man, I wish I had that or I wish that would happen to me, all of that, it's short-lived. You say, why? Because the wicked live for this world. And everything in this world, everything of this world, it's temporal. It's temporary. It's short-lived. See, Asaph, eventually, we don't read it, but eventually he got right. Job... God's saints, you know what we should know? Here's what we should know. For our light affliction. 2 Corinthians 4, look verse 17. For our light affliction. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not, I'm not Joel Osteen. This is not a prosperity gospel. If you thought that's what this was tonight, you're not paying attention. I'm not going to sit and tell you, hey, once you get saved, everything's going to be great. No problem. I mean, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, rich. No. Is there affliction in the Christian life? Absolutely. Is there heartache? You better believe it. Is there work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Now, he said it's light, but it's a yoke. You say, is, is there affliction? Yeah, but here, here's what Paul said. He says, for our light affliction. He said, well, it doesn't feel very light sometimes. Here's why it's light. Look, I'm not minimizing whatever you're going through and whatever you've gone through. I'm not minimizing it. Some of you have gone through some difficult things in your life, some very difficult things, and I would never uh, try to act like it's not a hard thing you've gone through. Well, how does God dare call it a light affliction? Here's why. Because which is but for a moment. Amen. You know why it's light? Because our light affliction, our light affliction is but for a moment. It's temporary. For a light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal, that's the contrast, weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, everything that the wicked live for, it's short-lived. Because they live for the things of this world. But you and I, you and I get the privilege to live for the things of God. And that means everything here, everything here. This light affliction doesn't feel light. Here's why it's light. Because it's but for a moment. 
Their triumph is for a moment. Our affliction is for a moment. At the end of the day, I'd rather live for eternity. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this chapter. And Lord, even though we completely understand that Zophar was wrong in his application to Job, we are thankful that it's in the Bible. Because he was wrong about Job, but he was right about wicked people in general. And Lord, I pray you'd help us. I pray you would help us to understand that all the things that we could envy from the wicked, it's just for a moment. It's short-lived. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to live with eternity in mind. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.